Welcome to Let's Talk About Treks, an episodic review of today's visions of the future featuring Earl Grey and Jack Dorino. This time, the guys are hilariously waging the battle of the binary stars. Star Trek Discovery, Season 1, Episode 2. I mean, it's, it really seemed like in this episode that the war was over in, in a day. Yeah, it did seem like the Klingon War ended very quickly, right? Yeah. But we, we do hear echoes of it through, we, we hear echoes of it through the whole rest of the season, don't we? Uh, I, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. This is, this is basically pilot part two. Yeah, it, it I mean, sure is. I mean, we still haven't even been introduced to the Discovery yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love how we, so, we get to episode two, uh, three, I think, is where we, we first see the Star Trek Discovery, the Starship yeah. Discovery on Star Trek Discovery. It's pretty yeah. wild. Well, there's no reason that you have to name this show after the starship. You know, they didn't name it, uh, uh, well, okay, so many, they didn't name it Star Trek The Next, they didn't name it Star Trek Enterprise for the original series of The Next Generation. That is true. They didn't name it Star Trek uh, Enterprise 1701D, although they did name it after the, the space station and the second spin-off and they did name it Star Trek Voyager. Yeah, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, yeah. They kinda name the they kinda name it for the platform often. I, yeah, I no. I'm worried that people are banding behind Tukuvma because uh Tukuvma they're calling Tukuvma the unforgettable, but isn't it Kalas who is unforgettable? Uh-huh. So uh a little concerned Kalas unforgettable. I'm a little concerned that these guys are going astray by following Takuma. Yeah. Well, and these people are, you know, he's, he's, is he, so is he being translated here or is he actually speaking English on his own accord? Because uh, he a, already knows English. It's a very Federation good question. Standard. Very good question. I think that maybe he is speaking. Federation Standard? Yeah. Oh, okay. Just to show him, hey, you know, I'm, I'm willing to come down to your level and, and, and speaking your own twisted tongue. I think it might be. Well, you know, he is coming across a view screen, so it could be. Uh, Translated? You know, I don't know. It's a really good question. I'm going to say that since it's coming across the view screen, it must be translated. Okay. So, so did you give my uh, question about the registry numbers? Yeah, I don't think there's an order. Because Discovery is a newer ship. Now, spoilers, spoiler alert, but Discovery is a newer ship than the Shinjo. But Discovery oh. is 1031, while Shinjo is 1227. Yeah. So, I think okay. that at some point, some fan is going to create some sort of code that explains why each starship is numbered the way it is numbered. But there is an well, error. There's always a possibility that... There's always the possibility that it's like the number is in order of commissioning, but some ships just take longer to build. Although the Shinzo is significantly smaller than the uh, Discovery, so why would it take longer? But or yeah, maybe there's... it didn't take longer, and that's why it is out more and it's got a higher number, but it's commissioned after the Dis Discovery. Discovery the has Discovery just took longer. Discovery has newer transporters, though. Here she is flying through space again. No. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes, it does. Well, they might have reinstalled them once they were invented 
and they were maybe it was still on the uh, uh, factory lot floor. Uh, uh, okay, I'll take that for now. You know, they're like, "Oops, we changed everything, so just install these newer transporters." Sure. I mean, I guess if it's a science, well, I mean, Shinjo's a science ship as well. Shinjo's a science ship, and Discovery's a science ship, so it seems that you would update the science ships in the same in the same way around the same time. Yeah. Or are and we I calling guess... Shinzo an ex? No, I don't think it's an exploratory ship. I think it's a science it's a science ship. Okay. Here's another question for you. Uh, well, I guess the what what is the class of the Discovery? Uh, that's Crossfield. So the USS Crossfield would have the NX registry number, right? But the USS Discovery, being one of the ones made after the first Crossfield would be an NCC registry number. Well, interestingly, I it was my understanding that there were only two of the uh, of of the of the Crossfield class starships. But that wouldn't make sense because there would have to be a Starship Crossfield, right? Yeah, there but I, I think well, I mean getting into spoilers of a later episode season sure. uh, they do say that there was has been uh, failures in the other versions of the class so the other crossfield class that we see is one of the only survivors of, of some of the testing of uh, oh. one of the features like the spore drive or whatever I see okay so an experimental ship in general yeah but just like I mean remember at the beginning of Star Trek The Next Generation it seemed like galaxy classes were dropping left and right Yeah. and after yeah. a while there was only a very few galaxy classes left just sure. in the fleet that, until they built some more Yeah. Um, absolutely it seemed like we were blowing up once every one, at least one a season yeah so there, there's often times when you have a whole fleet for a little while but they just kind of are drop like flies after a little while. They, that is the things that they're testing fail or whatever. Yeah, that's, that's really I love, terrifying. I love how she's got an actual telescope in her ready room. Oh, I do too. I think that's wonderful. I think and, that and, everyone should have a, an actual telescope just in case the sensors go down. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like it's almost a callback, isn't it? In this in a Star Trek episode where did. Where somebody says, well, did anybody actually think to look out the window? You know, I I don't remember where that was or when that was, but I do recall that being a line about looking out the window to see what was out there. I can't say that it was definitely Star Trek, though. I can't either, and that's why. I I'm think hesitant. it may was it it may have been Stargate Universe. Oh yeah, but I'm not sure. I'm glad whatever that was that you connected was was connected. I'm really glad for it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why that no, happened. It's okay. Sometimes that happens to me too. Sometimes our entire um, sometimes our entire our entire show, uh, record our entire show Zoom will go down for no reason at all and come back <laughs> up. Not that that annoys me or happened this episode at all. You know. No, no, no. It has, totally hasn't. It's the worst. I don't know if I've been charging at all. Thing ever. Yeah, my uh, my communicator uh, was plugged in, and I decided it just keeps on connecting and disconnecting. I'm just gonna disconnect it. It's got enough power now, and I'll just 
remember to uh, uh, let me um, charge it tonight. Let me mention that there is a war crime that is committed during this episode. You can't you can't mine dead bodies. Like that's not okay. That's like a Geneva Convention well, thing. Aren't 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 those Klingons? What is your point? They're allowed to recover their own dead. Yes, but exactly. It's Klingons and we're, being. We're not no, but we're not allowed to mine our mine their dead body. Like to to put a bomb in their dead in the. You can't put a bomb in a dead body and wait for the person's family to come pick them up. Like that's oh. that's a whole like Geneva Convention. So the Federation says, did put a bomb in that body that they just beamed up. Yes, yeah, so I that's lost what, track of the episode. That's sorry. what uh that's what they have Saru they have Saru grab a little bomb, they beam the little bomb into the middle of a dead body once they realize the Klingons are picking up their dead bodies so they can recover them, put them in the sarcophagi to cover the sarcophagus ship with them. They realize, oh, they're collecting the dead bodies. So they're like, Okay, let's now, beam this bomb into a dead body. And then when they pick up the dead body, it's gonna blow up their ship. And that, my friend, is the war crime. So booby trapping the dead body. Yes, that's what I did. I say mine. Yeah, I guess it's, I was thinking of the same, the same thing, but they're not. Yeah, booby trapping a dead body is not okay. But so does that mean the North Koreans broke the Geneva Convention? I don't know if they are Geneva Convention signees, or, are they? Or the 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 Chinese broke the. I, I, I don't know if they have signed the Geneva Convention. Oh, I wonder if that's why they had Philippa Giorgio think of it. That is super interesting. Because there, there's episodes of, of MASH, guys get out your bingo cards, that where, where they're like, yeah, be careful. They, they, they uh, booby trap their bodies all the time. And MASH takes place during the Korean War, which is post-World War II, which is post-Geneva Convention. And... Um, they they were still booby trapping either maybe it was, I don't know if it was the Chinese or the North Koreans that were booby trapping their dead, but they were booby trapping their own dead or their own injured, knowing that we would come along and try and help them and save them. So the uh... or the injured would booby trap themselves, wouldn't they? Because uh, there's an episode of MASH with, like, the guy, they're rolling him over, and he's holding a grenade, and he's holding down the the spoon, and the pin is already pulled. And he's Chinese, and he's ready to blow up everybody at the in the MASH hospital. So I think that um, that the you have to be a part of the United Nations to be beholden to the Geneva Convention, but there is there are some protocols, and protocol number two of the... Um, of the convention on certain conventional weapons says that mm-hmm. it basically just says you can't you can't booby trap bodies um it says that it prohibits the use of non-detectable anti-personal mines and their transfer prohibits the use of non non-self-destructing and non-self-deactivating mines outside of fence monitors and marked areas prohibits directing mines and booby traps against civilians and requires parties to the conflict to remove mines and booby traps when the conflict ends um yeah so I could be wrong because I, uh, I could, well, explosive remnants of war. Each party is, well, the, I guess with the war not being <laughs> over, I guess you could, could I, I just think that it's like a moral thing. I don't think you're supposed to booby trap bodies. Well, but they're starting to think like Klingons now, and this is, that's true. Like at the point where 
you know, there's still probably some prejudice about the Klingons and the way they do things and thinking the way they think. Oh, I love the way that they do the little hole expanding slowly. Oh, when but so, so devastating both when Giorgio dies and mm-hmm. when uh, when Takuma dies. Like, the two yeah. most... Uh, most broad, broadly dramatic characters of the series so far. Well, not only that, but the two people that could actually bring an end to this war before it actually gets that bad sure. are both dead now. Sure, the only two. Uh, I do notice you know, that uh, the Shinjo's transporters are suddenly really fast. When they're bringing <laughs> when they're bringing Burnham back, suddenly they're like way faster than they were before, right? Yeah. Well, why'd they beam her back? They didn't. She didn't tell them to bring them back. I know. I don't know. I guess I don't leave, know. Why'd they bring, leave the captain behind? I, that's another great question. I don't know they, why see, they left her behind. I mean, maybe, maybe it's only the U.S. Marines that, think, that say no man left behind. I think but we I've seen plenty of war dramas where they actually have no choice but to leave somebody behind. I think they probably lost uh, the life signals for JoJo and decided that that, that didn't mark the time to bring Burnham back. Okay. Um, the the reference to uh, the the poem that we spoke at the end of the uh, at the end of this episode is it it comes back up again. So I like we pay close attention to it. Whom do we seek, Kalos? How do we find him together? And uh, give oh, give us light to see forever. Will he hide from us always? No. Like that. There's a whole this whole like set of prayers. Uh, features way later in the season for way different purposes, especially with uh, with uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Volk here. Uh-huh. I I I love the way that they that they set the whole thing up with him. Yeah. I also like the cinematography. Like when they zoom down into Kalas's, at Kalas. Whoa, to Kuv, Excuse me, Kalas. They zoom down into to Kuvma's eyes, and we see the uh, the the launch the launch of the uh, skate pods from the Shenzhou. Yeah, that is one incredible crossfade. I love it. You you mentioned the uh, comic books previously. I haven't read nice. any of the uh, any of the extra extra video uh, sources of you uh, of Star Trek Discovery because I wanted to completely avoid like. Uh, prequel comics or oh, I spoilers don't, and stuff like that. I don't I don't recommend avoiding the prequel comics. I, okay. I highly recommend the, the prequel comics 100%. Um, they will help at this point, because at this point, to drop the fourth wall, ladies and gentlemen, we have, uh, <laughs> we've not only seen all of the episode, all of season one, but we've seen all of season uh, two and done the shows for season two already. <laughs> and... Um, and uh, when we when we and we're actually doing season one over, because we meaning we as in Jack Dorino made a huge gaffe in the recording of season one, so we're doing season one again. And uh, season three is is uh, is actually where we are right now uh, yeah. in real time as we're recording. So um, I uh, I have to say that going back and reading the Star Trek Discovery comic prequels. Mm-hmm. Would be a delight for you. There's uh, there's the light of Kalos. There's Succession. I'm actually going to go ahead and I'm going to send you a link to uh, to uh, let's see. I'm going to send you a link to number one. 
there's a there's a website online. I'm not going to tell. Uh, I'm not going to mention it over the uh, over the open air. But I will yeah. send you a link to uh, to issue one. There's a, well, there's a, there's I a, actually a... have my library connects to an app called Hoopla. H O O P L A. Oh, okay. All right. Sure. And I can get them for free and read them. You know, oh, it, it's a loan, so I, they don't stay in my. Oh my yeah, yeah. You totally. Yeah. You totally do it. Uh, they are worth it. Um, they give a lot of context. So here's a here's a, nit, a small nitpick for you. Yes. One, assuming that Michael Burnham has similar rights, and that the Federation co uh, Constitution is somewhat based on the United States Constitution and Mars. That's a lot of assumption. Yeah, but um, Michael. Well, I guess military tribunals are different than civilian trial court sure. trials. Yeah, hundred percent. Michael Burnham would still probably have a right to confront her accusers. She can't even see who's on, on the tribunal. They've got their faces covered up like they're like yeah, it's a, yeah, a it's Klingon a whole, show trial. Yeah, it's like a Cardassian thing. Yeah, I don't I don't understand yeah. why they did that. Um, I think that they were so this goes back to the conversation that we had about the Kobayashi Maru mm -hmm. and about how um, you know sometimes maybe they're looking for different answers at different times now this might be a conversation that we had a little uh, bit during season two of star trek discovery um yes. but it may be that they're trying to set that stage like this is how starfleet is right now and right now starfleet is the ones that are going to have the admirals sitting with lights from behind them yeah yeah and we're looking for a kobayashi maru candidate who's gonna yeah. who's gonna you know kill the civilians you know yeah so here's another question where are the vapors that are floating around the room coming from? None. Nobody in the in the twenty third and twenty fourth century smokes. Oh, it's dry ice. Well, okay, but you why just, would... no, because that's how you do it. That's how you do a federation. It's in the, it's in the Federation <laughs> Constitution. Federation Constitution. Starfleet <laughs> trials. You have to line the walls with dry ice and like make sure that the whole floor is covered in in smoke. That's the idea. That's the whole thing. So, the, the, the question, I guess, then becomes, is the dry ice there for us as the audience? Do Is the dry ice there only in our universe, or no, do they no, see no. it too? Yeah, they the see it too. It's to scare, it's to scare the, uh, it's to scare the person who's on trial. <laughs> Intimidate it's, them into, yeah, yeah. It's, we're, we're adding to drama. incriminate themselves. Yeah, yeah, we're adding drama to the whole situation. With well, the dry ice. Trials, it seems like it's awful quick too because it, uh, it's all on it. tape it's all on yeah, camera yeah. like we saw it all even though on january 6th of 2021 we all saw it on camera as a certain number 45th president of the united states incited a riot <laughs> and tried to have the country overthrown <laughs> and let's not forget tried to have his vice president murdered by a crew of 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 wackadoodles <laughs> that were running through and reading like Nancy Pelosi's like secret diaries. Like, let's not forget that that all. all okay, I don't know why I brought that up, but all that happened. All, all of that happened on camera. Multiple yeah, cameras, yeah. On several, yeah. Over the course of several days and across <laughs> several social media networks, we set it up, and we knew that January sixth was going to be a day. Why Donald Trump is pretending like he didn't know that was going to be a day is beyond me, because that was certainly a day, and everybody who was there knew it was going to be a day. So it was all on camera, like. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, like the little camera, like when when Riker finally comes aboard the Enterprise D, and they show him like, here's the preview of last episode. Like that's the same thing that they did with, with Michael Burton. They're like, here, look at the episode that we just finished. You see, see what you did? We see it. We all see it. You see this Vulcan death pinch? The cameraman even zoomed in for that death pinch. So clearly, 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 that's a mutiny. We all saw it. When you came back on the bridge, and Saru was like, uh this is not okay you're mutinying and she's like shut the fuck up let's do it well, and then Giorgio comes out and she's like listen bitch my fucking neck hurts and you owe me a massage but get off my bridge for now <laughs> well if there if, if Starfleet has ever done a kangaroo show trial drumhead that was it that was a drumhead also definitely. also they did one during the drumhead yes and I was about to say something about a name drop or something. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. I picked it up for you. I picked it. I picked up that ball and I ran down the court and I spiked that bitch. <laughs> got that whole thing out. Listen, uh, listen. Let's get a rating for this episode. What do you say from one to ten? What do you call it? TVPG. Uh, it's 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 TVMA though. It's, uh, oh, is it MA? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's PG fourteen because it's uh, it's got violence in it. Oh, so wait, so wait, speaking of violence, so there was this one, <laughs> there was this one thing where the- this one time at band camp. Yeah, one time at band camp on the floor of the Senate, this lawyer tried to argue that Donald Trump wasn't saying to bring, hold on, what did he say? He said he wasn't bringing the cavalry to the Senate floor, or what he didn't want them to bring the cavalry downtown, and it wasn't supposed to be a riot. What he meant was he was going to bring the cavalry so they were gonna supposed to bring crosses and like mm-hmm. march for Jesus, not the cavalry. Just yeah, like he sure. wasn't inciting violence, he yeah, was inciting sure. violins. He wanted people to play violins <laughs> in, the middle of, in the middle of the streets. I stole that joke from Rachel Maddow, by the way. Oh, okay. But listen, uh, next episode. Uh, well, so so listen. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give this episode. I'm gonna give this episode an eight because i like star trek coming back and i feel like there's more that we could do and i feel like there's something else that's going to happen and i like the setup of the story yeah but it didn't quite reach a 10 because i'm biased it's because i'm biased because i think my first watch through of every episode of star trek discovery it's at a 10 right but now that i'm looking at it back across three years of star trek discovery (laughs) i'm gonna say it's about an eight because I know that they can do better and I've seen them do better and they're gonna okay. do better. And the first time this came out, this was a 10 for me, right? Because it's Star Trek and I hadn't seen Star Trek in fracking 12 years or whatever, right? <laughs> but like now, I'm gonna say, you guys, you know, it's a season one episode. And the season one episodes of Discovery are not like season one episodes of TNG. Like season one episodes of TNG are like, were you guys doing this on a Saturday Night Live set? Is this a joke? Like, you're kidding? <laughs> <laughs> like, what is pajamas about? Like, are those tight? So I heard that uh, actually Patrick Stewart was the one who like hugely lobbied to get out of those jumpsuits because it was killing his back. I thought it was Riker. Oh, whichever one away. I, so they say back, but I'm sure it was his nuts. Like whoever it is, like <laughs> those things are tight. Like those things are real tight. And yeah, I could definitely see like maybe that's why Riker kept like swinging his leg over shit because like it was like every time his nuts got glued to his leg, he like had to swing his swing his leg over a chair to go sit down. Well, there there is, there is actual stuff that where they reference the fact that Jonathan Frakes at one point did hurt his back. And maybe yeah. he was wearing that uniform, but I believe it. 
um, he hurt his back and it never stopped, never really healed properly. Oh no! So he—that's why he always did the Riker maneuver to sit in uh, the chair. And these are the nuggets of information that you got to keep coming back to the show for. Keep coming back; it only works if you work it. You gonna see us next time? So my rating, you know, my mind when I was watching this for the first time, sure. I was still like, "What? Where? What's going on? I don't get it. Where?" this war it seems like it's over and what they, yeah. why are they focusing on not the captain who is this Michael Burnham <laughs> kind, of, kind of jarring why is her name Michael well I mean I I was I, I was a little bit more open to that I'm like cool they picked a you know the, her family picked a, a non-traditional feminine name that's that's cool that's progressive I appreciate that um but you know, I think I'm probably going to give it about an eight or maybe even a seven. I'm still trying to, my, at this time, I, my, my mind was still trying to catch up with what's going on. And I was still thinking this is, they're, they're, they're getting all this, uh, uh, exciting back and forth and everybody arguing all at once from Dr. Who, you know? So I'm still thinking, oh, they're, they're kind of trying to rip off their filming style. Uh. I, from Doctor Who. Oh, interesting. I got gotcha. you. Modern Yeah, Who. that so, is that is real interesting. I I see how the, I see how you can see that. That's dope. But uh, no yeah. ball, no ball. Yeah, they can. I got you. On and that. everybody arguing back and forth and talking at the same time. It's like no, I want to hear every line. You know, I still expected this to be, you know, the Orville or Shakespearean Trek like yeah. the next generation. I'm glad it's not though. But anyway, I'm glad it's different in its own thing. Yeah. But look, uh, I think it's our show for today. Yeah. So next, uh, next up, next time we come back, next time we come back uh, is one of my favorite episodes of Star Trek Discovery. It's called uh, "Context is for Kings." This is a phrase that I repeat time and time again to people in my life. That uh, it's a Gabriel Lorca quote. You'll you'll meet him next episode. And what he says is that uh, universal law is for lackey context is for kings so we'll see you then we'll see you next time all right all right next time you guys have a good night you too good night check on let's talk about treks is a production of anodyne relay we review the copyrighted works of cbs paramount's star trek team of whom no copyright infringement is intended. Our main producer is David Moody, and our writers are Jack and Earl. We record on Lenovo computers with Zoom. We mix with NCH Mixpad and Master and Kukos Reaper. Our sound engineer is EJ Thompson, and our intro and outro music features samples of Awakening by Waterboy from Pixabay.